Apple just confirmed its iPhone event, and Microsoft has confirmed the price of its digital-only Xbox Series S. There's a lot to break down here. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is video game expert, Apple expert, and longtime laptop reviewer Dan Ackerman. Thanks for joining me, Dan. My pleasure. All right, so let's let's get to Apple first. The event literally just dropped as we were setting up to record this thing. What do we know? You know, it's going to be on the 15th, obviously not going to be in person. Events are all remote these days. I've been to a couple of remote Apple events. And so far, compared to the other companies whose remote events I have attended, they have done the best job. They seem to be the best situated to not make you feel like you're missing out on too much by not being there. Yeah, WWDC was an all-virtual event, and that one felt very different from some of the other ones we've seen, right? There was a lot more production value, and it looked... It looked a lot more polished than things we've seen, right? It didn't have that Roger Corman low budget quality to it, uh, where like you know things are falling down in the background, everyone's missing their cues. I've done a couple of actual briefings uh, with Apple that one might have normally done in person, also, and those were just as professionally handled. Whereas, frankly, uh, some of the other companies, their their events have been have, have been sort of high school drama level uh, production quality. Right. And then we are expecting, obviously, the iPhone 12 is the big one. Uh, we're expecting it to have 5G. What are some of the other products uh, and, and features we're, we're expecting at this event? As recently as this morning, people were talking a lot about new iPads, about new Apple Watches. Um, I obviously don't think we're going to move into any new product categories we haven't seen before. We've refreshed or updated almost all of the Macs so far this year, almost. But that said, Apple has promise that before the end of the year, we'll see the first Apple Silicon product, which will be, you know, the first one you'll see that is not an Intel powered device. And that that changeover will happen over the next two years. If I had to guess, I'd say it's probably a Mac mini because I believe that some developers already have Apple Silicon Mac minis, which is basically just an ARM chip and a Mac. Gotcha. All right. Moving on to, to Microsoft, which dropped some news last night. Uh, what did we get? You know, I love that There'll be leaks about a device, about its price, its availability, some features. They'll be so widespread, everyone knows. And the company will just whistle in the corner like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they go, here it is. So Microsoft, at least to their credit, said, okay, everybody leaked this. Yes, the Xbox uh, Series S is going to be $299. And that's really about it. But most of the other you know, details seem, seem on par with that price. Right, and a lot of the attention has been on this higher-end Xbox Series X, which is supposed to launch later this year, even if we don't know how much that one will cost. But what exactly is distinctive about the Xbox Series S? That is what everyone is trying to figure out. How is the S different from the X? Why are they named this? I went over this with my son last night. I, I said, what PlayStation came first? He said, PlayStation. What came after that? He said, PlayStation 2. He doesn't know, but he guessed. And he got them all right up through five. Xbox, I, I said, it was Xbox, then Xbox 360, then Xbox One X, then Xbox Series X, and also Series S. And, and he said, you're insane, old man. What is this? And, and, that, and that's exactly what's happening here. The S is like the 1S, which is a lower end version, and the X is the higher end version. The difference is, and this is a question I posed earlier this morning, if let's say $299 for the S and everyone thinks $499 for the X, which certainly seems like something Microsoft could also confirm any day now if there are enough leaks, what makes for a $200 difference between these boxes since they got to play the same games? Uh, one, more storage space whether it's 512 versus a terabyte or some doubling thereof. 
Uh, that extra storage space is not really worth 100 bucks if you go out and buy some SSD storage, but every company charges you $100 for every step up in storage. If you go buy a MacBook and you want you know, 512 instead of 256, it's 100 bucks, even though you, know, you might say that's a bit of a ripoff. So that's one thing. And the ability to output at either 4K or 8K versus on the S1 would presume 1080 or maybe 1440. So that's as far as I can tell. And, and the lack of an optical drive, which is a whole nother debate I could spend hours on, uh, seem to be the big differences that you would expect between the $300 and $500 boxes. And I'm just curious what ultimately this, this all means for the Xbox and for console gaming in the future. Like, is this cheaper digital-only version sort of what we might be getting down the line just as consoles in general, or is this just a, a cheaper variant of the X? I stepped on this landmine back in 2013 when I wrote a, an infamous story that the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, which were not out yet, might be the last ever generation of physical consoles. And in the future, these things would shrink down and become almost like, um, you know, Roku went from being a box to being a stick to being built into your TV. And game services and game ecosystems are going the same way. In 2013, I was several years too early. Apparently, I'm still several years too early because they're still going to sell these boxes with optical drives in them, which is insane to me. I understand the argument. I live in Alaska. I don't get good Wi-Fi. I got to go out and buy a disc. I want to trade the disc to my friend. I get it. But we don't go. if you go into your big box retail store, they don't have the aisles and aisles of Blu-rays and DVDs anymore. They got a couple in the corner and they're kind of dusty. You know, nobody buys standalone DVD or Blu-ray Blu players anymore. At least very few people do. And frankly, these, these two moving part devices, the spinning platter hard drive and the spinning optical disk drive, are the things that are most likely to break in your system. You eliminate those. You eliminate all moving parts. And that's why you can dig up an old um, um, iPod uh, once they went all digital, even if it's years old. It probably still works. Uh, and remember, Microsoft took that billion-dollar write-down on hardware problems with uh, one of the older Xboxes, where the, the, where Xbox the, failure rate, the failure rate was basically, for the first generation of those, was like 100%. Uh, I, I, I really remember those because I remember the three rings of death. Red I, ring of I death. Had to trade in, I had to trade in two different versions, and they were both free. They were both handled by the warranty, but it just seemed like, it, it was such a big problem that when I called them up, they're like, yeah, yeah, we know. Just, just send we know. We're aware. We'll get you a new one. It's, you know, any, any equipment manufacturing, you reduce the complexity and the heat and the number of moving parts as much as you can. And that's why moving to solid state for memory, for storage, getting rid of optical drives, you don't get them in laptops anymore. You really don't even get them in desktops anymore. That's the real reason these have gone away, not because everybody hates owning a disk. Uh, it's because these are moving, complicated moving parts that break down easily and are expensive to replace. Right. And so uh, I'm curious if Sony's doing something similar or are they, are they sticking to, you know, the core PS5 with the optical drive and all that storage? Like, is that, is there something similar on that on their end? Not so far, and they haven't done it for the PlayStation 4 either. They broke out the Pro, the higher-end one, but they didn't break out a cheaper one. Uh, you know, I could see everyone having an all-digital version. I think, the, I think the PlayStation 5 may be promising an all-digital version already, uh, but that's just with and without the optical drive. I'll take the one with the optical drive any day of the week. I'll, I'll pay you an extra $50 to take it out. Don't even take any money off because it's a total <laughs> it's a total lemon. And I don't think we, we got to this because a lot of the, the attention has been on the PS5 and the Series X. But wh when exactly is the Series S supposed to launch? 
I'm, I'm going to assume, we don't know yet, I'm going to assume it's going to be same day. It's just two SKUs, uh, the 299 one and the 499 one. Allegedly, by the end of the year, people complained a lot about um, manufacturing delays because of coronavirus. Uh, you know, that said, uh, most, uh, most uh, factories seem like they're up and running again. International freighting and shipping is going fine. What I don't think you'll see is a big shift, maybe putting them out earlier or putting them out much later if they can avoid it because... Uh, as someone who has manufactured a product in China and distributed it globally, logistics is a bitch and you can't really move a lot of stuff. Even Microsoft and Sony, gigantic companies, they eventually get their stuff off the line onto these big boats. And you know the boat will arrive in its port in either four weeks or six weeks, but you don't know any better than that. So you have that all built in from the start and nobody's making any last minute changes to these plans because you have to set all that up years in advance. Gotcha. And, and it's lastly... You know, the, with these these consoles launching fairly soon, we think uh, the Series X and the Series S, if they both launch at the same time, how do you think each one will be received? Is there one that folks are going to gravitate towards? In a normal year, I would say obviously the fancier, more expensive one would be the flagship. But today, when people are maybe looking to spend less or not be as conspicuous in their consumption, if they say the Series S works fine on my TV that I have, it plays the same games, I'm not looking for 4K gaming, maybe because I don't have a 4K TV or because I realize that between 4K and Full HD, there's not really that much of a difference. Uh, and it's smaller, and maybe it'll have that uh, you know family or spousal acceptance factor where a big box may not, but a small box that's about the size of two controllers might. Uh, I could see a lot of people gravitating towards the um, the 299 one, which is about the same price as a uh, you know entry-level iPad, which is not bad at all. Yeah, definitely. A lot of options for gamers this coming holiday season. We think. We don't know when they'll actually launch. We hope. Thanks for your time, Dan. And we'd like to wish everyone, by the way, a happy Star Trek day for all you Trekkies out there. If you have any questions about gaming or Star Trek, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge, and you can read all of our Xbox Series S and Apple coverage on CNET.com. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.